0: You're gonna go to some triage shows? You're not gonna go to some. You need to pick and choose. I always say it's not only about acquire new clients, it's about keeping your clients.
1: Welcome to Fascinating Entrepreneurs. How do people end up becoming an entrepreneur? How do they scale and grow their businesses? How do they plan for profit? Are they in it for life? Are they building to exit? These and a myriad of other topics will be discussed to pull back the veil on the wizardry of successful and fascinating entrepreneurs. My book, Relentless, is now available everywhere books can be bought online, including Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. Try your local indie bookstore, too, and if they don't have it they can order it. Just ask them. The reviews are streaming in and I'm so thankful for the positive feedback as well as hearing from people that my memoir has impacted them positively. It is not enough to be resilient. You have to be relentless. You can go to therelentlessbook.com for more information. Thank you so much. Larish Shmoisman is the founder CEO of The Darl, a marketing and branding agency in LA focusing on beauty and fashion startups. She's a Forbes Next 1000 honoree and LA Times Inspirational Women nominee with her work in helping transform brands to become profitable, innovative, and sustainable. Now let's get right into
0: it. Well, The Darl was created to help entrepreneurs, startups, but mostly emerging brands. I want to create a place, a safe place for clients to grow brands, to grow stories. But the problem was that I found out that when I was working in big agencies, they weren't able to afford it. There was no way a small company was able to pay that price tag. And also big agencies, they don't know how to deal with the little kids. So I want to create a safe place for them. And I'm an educator. I've been in this space before the space even existed as a space. So I feel like I could help these people.
1: And where does the name come from, the Darl?
0: Oh, actually, my company name was called Salt Media when I started. And... I got a cease and desist from a big company in Chicago who told me that apparently I was ranking higher with my SEO skills, my own SEO skills, because it was one-man show, South Media. And I said, they can take the name away, but they cannot take me away. And I had like three days left to change the name. And I always call people Dublin. So I wanted to do something that it was me and I'm like kind of obsessed with the 40s and 50s and I wanted that something like resonate like great Gatsby or something like that. And the the Harlem, I like the sound, so
1: interesting. So you're a Forbes next one thousand honoree. What does that mean? And what does
0: that mean for you? It was a surprise. That's first for sure. It was a super big surprise. I didn't expect it. Being Forbes next one thousand, I guess, is the They will see the next 1,000. What did they do? What we expect these people to do, big things. I don't know. And what it meant for me, it's gratefulness. I mean, appreciation. I mean, I'm an immigrant to this country and I'm so grateful for this opportunity and for all the opportunities that I have. But I mean, being a woman, an entrepreneur, Business owner, a mother, a leader, being all those things—it's been challenging. I mean, when I came to this country, I didn't speak a, a word of English, so I'm self-taught. So everything was kind of a fight. And how are you
1: chosen by the Forbes Next One Thousand Committee? Is it something you had to apply for?
0: Did someone have to refer you? Did they just actually you, pluck are, you out of the world? You apply for it, but I believe there were forty thousand. People applying for it or more than that. I don't know. And then you're chosen by a committee. That's Uh, a lot of
1: applications to sift through.
0: Yeah, I was shocked. I have to tell you. And I'm like, we are background. I'm a Jewish, Latina immigrant that I don't fit in any box.
1: (laughs) No, but that's better, right? As an entrepreneur. So let's talk about your team. How did you build it? And what is your management team comprised of?
0: Well, I started this as a one-man show. And then I realized I needed a little help. So I got someone part-time. This company was built completely digital. I never had a location and I'm talking before COVID. And I realized that the way to help my clients price-wise was to have a global team. Whatever I can save things, you know, having people in other countries, I do that. But everyone in my team works Pacific standard time hours, work in completely an ensemble. We are a domino effect, how we work. I have a team of, I think, 27 now or 28. I'm not sure. And we work together. We're a team. We all work full time. We work like in an office, but through Zoom, I mean, I started working in the late 90s. Um, No, sorry, much earlier than that, I started working. And I learned a lot from what I didn't want. And I wanted to create a place that was not toxic. That to me was really important. No gossipy, no clicky. That was the things I think is more draining of working, all the social aspect than doing your work. And so I'm very happy to announce that I did it. I always say that I designed this culture before I had a company. It's so, probably your
1: personal culture and your personal values that have bled into your company.
0: Probably, but also I tweak little things. And as I go, I keep tweaking, but we do a lot of team culture. We have a very strong company culture. Like, for example, we have a challenge. During a whole month, we fight. In, we have a Slack channel only for the challenge, and we fight the whole month for it. And then the winner, whatever they're in the world, okay. they go pizza.
1: Take me through one of the challenges. What, okay. was, what did you have to do and what kind of fighting was happening?
0: Oh, because they have this they relationship. I want to build these relationships of friendships. For example, yesterday we had one of the girls who stopped working with us because she's moving to Europe. And she was so sad to go. And she was asking, can I come to the next challenge? Because it's family. We celebrate every birthday, every holiday. We have happy hours. And the challenge, like for example, we had from the most embarrassing picture that people need to show, and then we all vote. And the most important is the winner of the challenge need to choose the next challenge. That's great. Uh, and they tease each other. I mean, this one was like we had to give in secret to the person who organized the channel six pictures that from our Instagram feed that it doesn't show our face. Mm-hmm. And then we all have to guess who that one belongs to.
1: And is there a prize
0: or is it just pizza to choose the next one? They get pizza, (laughs) pizza night, whatever they're in the world, we managed to send them pizza.
1: Uh huh. Interesting.
0: Do you have men and women employees? Yes. And I have men, women. Also, we were selected by LA Time as a company for inclusion, diversity, and accessibility last year. All genders, we welcome all genders. We don't care where they're in the world, we don't care what race, gender, religion you have. You just need to be a good fit for this company culture.
1: Yeah. So I understand that you were teaching online courses. Are you still doing that?
0: I have an online courses, but actually I was a professor of digital marketing for the fashion industry at Cal Poly Pomona. Is that Uh, where you, did you go to school there? No, I went to school in Argentina, but I started, my first website was 1999, so back then, there wasn't nobody teaching you digital. I learned digital as I was going by myself. So that qualified me later on in life to teach. Have you ever thought that you
1: should write a book, that you should write the story of your life to help other people learn from your experience? Please go to memoirsherpa.com and learn how I can help you write figure out your publishing path, and market your story, your memoir, to a best-seller status. I want to share with you, because you'll appreciate this, the first website I ever designed and I hand-coded it in HTML was in, hold on, 1995? Oh, wow. Maybe 94.
0: Wow, you're even before me.
1: I'm before you, and that's probably because I'm older than you. Anyway.
0: I don't think so. The problem is that I just moved to this country um, a year before. So I was getting something completely new. Uh-huh. And I was in those days that you make a mistake and you lose the website.
1: <laughs> That's true. Okay. So you were a professor and then you have one. Is it still up? The digital course?
0: No. Honestly, I had it on my website and I hide it because I feel like over COVID, everyone and their mother was doing a digital course. And I didn't want to be that person. Mm -hmm. I have an issue, a personal issue with all these coaches that are out there. And I don't want to be perceived as one of them. I have the experience. I've been in the industry for a long time. And when I did the course, I did it for different reasons. And right now I don't want to compete in that space. I see. Okay,
1: and are you teaching on a college level or anything right now? Are you really focusing on managing and growing your business?
0: No, right now it's all my business. I have no more time to. It's a lot of work to teach.
1: Yes, of course. And so, what are you focusing on for growth with the Darl Emerging Brands? We love emerging brands. We love. But how are you focusing on getting more clients with the
0: emerging well, brand? I got a lot word of mouth. I'm also part of different culture uh, groups that for founders or entrepreneurs, a lot of, also, I go to a lot of trade shows to meet emerging brands. What I, is some of the shows that you've been doing? I just came back from Proof in Vegas. I'm going to, for example, Fashion Week next week. Um, remember, I specialize in beauty, wellness, fashion, and lifestyle. So those are, there is another one that is coming up. Probably I will go Founders Made. Then you have Fancy Foods. There's so many. There are so many. Do you
1: go to Javits for the gift show? I think they changed the name of it, but there are so many trade shows.
0: There are so many. So you need to pick and choose. And also between the, I still, I work for Diamond Agency and very hands-on. So I need to be here and. Though I have the most wonderful team, I still need to be here. Mm-hmm. And also my mother, and I want to be part of my kid's life. <laughs> and so you know how it is. It's a balance. So you have to pick and choose. And like every client that you meet, every pitch is not going to work out. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to go to some try shows. You're not going to go to some. You need to pick and choose. And you do whatever you can. I always say it's not only about acquire new clients. It's about keeping your clients.
1: I mean, it's a lot less money, time, and energy to keep a client than to get a new one. And how many clients can you service at a time with the team
0: that you have now? Right now, I would say around 20, I could. I mean, I
1: are they doing, some of the team doing SEO and publicity and website design? What are the different things that you offer?
0: We offer everything. We want to offer one place. I believe in an ecosystem where your website is your core. Over the last few years, there is this thing that is like a popularity content that people want to have followers in Instagram, in TikTok, but that doesn't mean that it's going to have sales. So what I want is to create clarity on what's our goal, the popularity contest or making money and selling our products. So we have from website development, SEO performance, we have blog writing, social media, advertising, SEM. We have, well, of course, project management. We have PR. We have podcast. We do also PR for SEO. We divide our PR in three parts, and also we work with influencers. We have graphic design and multimedia design, editing. What else we have? And oh, marketplace. Right now, it's huge for some products too. Something that is happening right now is a lot of emerging brands that they're looking for distribution. They won't get distribution if the distributors or big stores, they don't see that they're putting efforts in their marketing. Mm-hmm. So we start doing marketplace, which is Amazon, Etsy, Walmart, etc.
1: And what is the minimum spend that a brand would invest in working with the Daryl?
0: Every brand is different. And that's what I think how we break the rules. We always say that we break the rules and we raise the bar. We create a relationship with the brands. I will never take a brand that I don't think that I can help, but also the brand needs to be ready to invest. And again, every brand is different. Not every brand is the same, but working with an agency and getting the whole team, is like you have to pay for a team. I will okay. say that the minimum average would be between thirty five hundred four thousand a month. The and minimum. does a brand
1: need to take on all of the elements that you provide in yeah. order to be a client? They can pick and choose.
0: Not everyone needs everything. That's the thing. Like we need to create an ecosystem that works for that brand and a sustainable ecosystem. I find a lot of people that they come to me and they said, oh, I have $10,000. And they think that because they have $10,000 and they can engage an agency for three months, it will change their their life. But they don't have money for ads. And three months is nothing. We're getting things set up in three months. Yes. Just
1: one thing, one of the spokes in your wheel, SEO, I know that people are paying various amounts. but for professional businesses, they're paying two thousand to fifteen thousand dollars a month yep. for SEO alone. And it's an art and a science. And then publicity is two thousand to twelve thousand dollars a yep. month. And you have so many spokes in your wheel, but it's interesting that you have everything in that ecosystem and everyone's talking to each other. So you don't have to
0: Well, let's put it this way. I realize and this is why I created this agency, because I realized that a lot of startups were failing for three reasons. The first one, they were copying someone else's strategy with a different budget. You cannot do that. That doesn't work. Why are you going to copy someone who's doing what you're doing? Second, they didn't know how to work with their freelancers. Or they were scammed. They were asked for a lot of money to do their SEO, but they were working with someone overseas and they didn't know what they were asking for. So I wanted to create a combined me, my experience of an educator and as a business owner and hold the hand of my founders and explain why I do what I do so they can understand and we can build this ecosystem together. I create a partnership with my clients. I want to long lasting relationships.
1: So the last thing I want to ask you about is, did you start this business with an exit strategy in mind? And if not, do you have one
0: now? My exit strategy will be one day my kids to fall in love with this agency and want to continue it. That will be my dream. I mean, but no, actually today I still have plenty of years in my life and I just want to help as many as entrepreneurs as they can. Like I was able to grow this agency. I want other people to grow their business. I want to help them thrive. For
1: more information, go to the show notes where you're listening to this podcast. Want to know more about me? Go to my website, officialnatashamiller.com. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you loved the show. If you did, please subscribe. Also, if you haven't done so yet, please leave a review where you're listening to this podcast now. I'm Natasha Miller, and you've been listening to Fascinating Entrepreneurs.